0: welcome to the circular future remember back in school we learned about reduce reuse recycle and it's largely understood you go in that order in today's conversation, we deconstruct reuse and recycling in the lens of electronics. If you've got a bunch of retired technology, what should you do? When should you reuse and when should you recycle? I'm your host, Stephanie McClarty. Let's get into the circular future. I'm excited for this conversation because when we think about the question, is reuse always better than recycling? Intuitively, the answer is probably yes, but it's like we know there has to be more factors to think about, there is more to the story. But what is that story? For companies who have pallets of computers or cell phones that they no longer need, or perhaps storage rooms full of retired tech, I've definitely seen those, what should they be thinking about? I'm joined by two industry veterans with rich experience in reuse and recycling. Mark Cooper, Quantum Lifecycle's VP of Business Development for ITAD, and Clayton Miller, Quantum's VP of Business Development for Recycling. Welcome to you both. So we're talking today about reuse and recycling. And there's this tendency to think about reuse versus recycling. I know it's not that way, but it is kind of fun having both of you here, almost like a battle of the bands with Mark (laughs) representing reuse and Clayton representing recycling. But let's get into it. So let's talk first about reuse, Mark. What would you say are the benefits of reuse?
1: It's, It's a great question, Steph. So, you know, for every device that's reused, It's not so much that it's not recycled for, you know, commodity and precious metal recovery. It's that a new device is not being made to take its place. So the best way to recycle is to reuse. You prolong the the life cycle of an asset um, and it protects, obviously it it protects landfill or it helps with landfill diversion because not only is it not going to landfill, it's not being recycled at all. It's actually staying in active use. and it prevents the mining of precious resources and precious metals and um, protects the environment in that way.
0: That sounds great. And What about the financial side?
1: The financial side is very dependent on the devices themselves, but you know, many people, organizations believe that their stuff is old, it's scrap, it's junk, it's end of life, it needs to be disposed of. We reuse uh, assets that are 10, 12 years old. So maybe they're, maybe they aren't being reused locally. Maybe they're going, um, offshore, but they're going offshore to be reused by somebody who doesn't have a device to use at present. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a win-win.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So what about recycling? Cause that's a great case for reuse. So what about recycling?
2: Um, well, I mean, actually, it's funny to have the recycling guy here uh, espousing the benefits of reuse, because ultimately, I think the conversation in in recycling has shifted over the last, uh, you know, several years, decades from uh, it, when it comes to electronics, you know, early days of this industry, there was a, a, a large amount of, of conversation around the security of data and so on. And I think our industry went uh, in a direction of you know, you need to you need to destroy things. You need to recycle things. Reuse is actually bad. Uh, what we've found over time is, as the technology has improved around data sanitization and so on, that the the options for reuse have have really ramped up over the last few years. And then when you combine that with uh, movements around design for the environment and and so on, there's a, there's an increasing drive by customers for us as recyclers to try and maximize the use of an asset through, through refurbishment and, and reuse. So, uh, so, so my, I'm here to say that ultimately as a recycler, we are also trying to reuse as much as possible. Ultimately, there does come a point where it's at its end of life, and at that stage, you really are in a position where you want to work with a recycler that's doing the right things, doing it properly, and there are still environmental benefits to recycling, of course, right? So it's definitely better than landfill or, or the alternative.
0: Well and in recycling we're essentially reusing the commodities
2: exactly right? it's reuse of a different of a different uh, order essentially you know I would say that reuse of the whole device for its core functionality is is number one in that hierarchy. number two is the harvesting of components that are within that device that could be put into something else that needs to be repaired and obviously uh, that the last option being uh, commodity recovery which is still a form of reuse just at a different. S- scale and level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of products and reusing products, can anything be reused, or what are we seeing as being the prime reuse products?
1: So, to to a point, anything can be reused. Obviously, you know, age and condition will ultimately you know tell the tale um, on an item by item basis whether something can be reused. But you know, we we reuse items across probably thirty five or forty different categories from. Um, from laptops and desktops and monitors to components, accessories, peripherals, printers, cell phones, tablets, like it's really a long list. So, you know, I realized I didn't actually answer your question about the financial impact. So I'm going to answer it now. Great. From an, you know, from, um, from an organization standpoint, uh, the benefit of reuse is that if they're, if an organization is disposing of uh, obsolete assets that they're no longer using we can pay them for those devices because we're going to sell them on a secondary market as opposed to recycling which most of the time is a cost to the organization that's disposing of the of the items so it really is a win-win in terms of environmental and financial benefit back to your question about <laughs> which items can be reused um yeah, it's, it, it, we're entering this, you know, age of the internet of things and wearables and, you know, technology in everything, on everything, through everything, with everything. So AirPods, things that go in your ears, on your body, there is a market, but it's much smaller. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit more nuanced um, than say laptops, desktops, monitors every day devices, cell phones, tablets, everyday devices that everybody uses. There's almost always a market for them.
0: So if I'm a business manager or a business leader, and I'm looking at perhaps a room full of technology that we're no longer using in the company, how would I determine what has reuse potential or not? Or do I?
1: Yeah, great question. In truth, you need a partner who specializes in this. You need, you need a IT asset disposition or ITAD service provider and or an e-waste recycler. Um, they eat, sleep and breathe old electronics and IT equipment. It's very difficult for uh, an IT manager or a CTO to really, you know, have their finger on the pulse of like where that, where that market is. Um, because they've already determined that this stuff is no longer useful to their organization. So they really need to rely on, um, on somebody who knows and an organization who knows.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. And is there anything that they can do to maximize reuse or is there anything that they do that detracts from that reuse potential?
1: Yeah. An- another great question. Well, I'm
0: full of great questions. You, <laughs> you
1: really are. As soon as, as soon as an organization deems an asset obsolete, they should engage an IT Asset Disposition Service Provider or e-waste recycler. Tons of organizations have the habit of putting stuff in a storage closet, letting it sit for a year, three years, five years, and then when that storage closet is full and they can't open the door, they call the ITAD service provider. At that point, their equipment that was six years old is now seven or eight or 10 years old, and if there's any value there, they're lucky. Um, and they should have called, you know, they should not have procrastinated like many people tend to do.
0: I'm nodding and laughing at, you know, recognition because we saw that in the telecom space as well. Companies would sit on products for years and years and it would detract and, and the value of it would go down. So what about recycling now? Can anything be recycled?
2: Uh yeah, more or less. At Quantum, we like to say that we can recycle anything with a battery or a plug. The the truth is, is we don't recycle everything with a battery or a plug. There are some electrical and uh, and electronic items that flow through to other types of processors. Like I'm thinking about EVs and. And and your larger electronic items, they tend to go through your your traditional your more traditional auto shredders and that kind of thing. But I wanted to to, to circle back to you the question you asked Mark and just build on that a little bit. I think the um, uh, the to, to to the point about when you should call, you should call like Mark said uh, when the asset is being retired because the longer you wait, the the, the more likely that it's going to get recycled and not reused. I think the other thing that a lot of IT managers do is um, they maybe rely on the vendor from which they're buying the, their new equipment from to help them with the disposition. The truth is is that vendor is not interested in helping you maximize the value on your old assets. Often they're talking to a company like us on how to do that anyway. So you can work through them, but we would actually recommend um, that, that, you, that you engage uh, a company like like Quantum or, or and there's many other companies like us that has the right standards. Um, that has been audited to these standards um, and that has a track record of success. But ultimately, it's around this idea of treating your IT disposition not as, here's my good stuff and here's my bad stuff, but ultimately, I have assets to dispose of. I'll let the experts figure out the best way to manage those. We often get calls where they're like, hey, I've got a room full of old stuff. Come take it away. By the way, I don't have any budget for this. And then you go in and you realize that what you're looking at is a stack of monitors and printers and all the computers and laptops are gone and he asked well what happened to those and they're like oh somebody else took those they even paid me for them and uh and and of course he said of course they did that's the stuff that's worth money and guess what now i'm going to charge you to take this stuff away had you called me at the outset we'd probably be talking about us taking all this stuff away and still paying you
0: so, basically, think holistically at your exactly. situation, what you have, what you have coming out.
2: Absolutely. Now,
0: you mentioned standards and mm-hmm. having the appropriate standards. What are those standards?
2: Yeah, I'll speak to the recycling standards. There's also ITAT standards, which I'm sure uh, Mark will get into. Uh, I think that at a basic level, not all electronics recyclers are created equal. I think uh, we like to portray ourselves as kind of all doing the same thing, but it's, there's, you know, when you, look under the hood, uh, pull back the sheets. It it really is uh, a dog's breakfast in terms of the types of service providers that operate in the market everywhere. Everyone from your, your local scrap yard, which, you know, they take in computers, uh, but and might be even doing a bit of dismantling, but they're definitely not operating to any kind of data security standard that you might be comfortable with. Um, but ultimately, without getting into all the different ways that one can be a bad actor, um, at the end of the day, anyone with an R2 standard, which is the global, uh, it has emerged as sort of the global certification by which electronics recyclers and ITAD service providers operate. If they're R2 certified, you're well on your way to having chosen a good a good uh, provider. Um, if they're not R2 certified, I would quite frankly say that you probably shouldn't use their services. Um, I think there's a couple other standards in Canada. We're lucky in that we have a national organization called EPRA. They manage most of the provincial electronic stewardship programs. And through that, and through that operation, they run something called the RQO, which is the Recycler Qualification Office. So you're looking for R2 certified recyclers, even better. An RQO certified recycler. And ideally you want one that's providing both the recycling services as well as the ITAD services. Um, and and these standards basically just mean that the 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 recycler has been looked at from a health and safety perspective, from a security perspective, from an environmental performance perspective. And it means that at the end of the day, as an IT manager, you can be assured that you know the data on your devices will be destroyed appropriately, that your devices, uh, that, that the people processing your e-waste will be doing so in a way that's safe, and ultimately that the environment will be protected, and that your brand won't be showing up on 60 Minutes or Marketplace in some landfill over in China or the Ivory Coast.
0: Yeah, and that you're referencing a documentary back in, I think it was 2010, 2011, that was really, like it changed the space. Yes. You've also mentioned the word ITAD which mm-hmm. means IT asset disposition. Mm-hmm. And many of the listeners may be familiar with it, many not, but that's basically how we look at the reuse side. So standards for ITAD or reuse, what are they, Mark?
1: Yeah, so it, there's a lot of overlap between the ITAD uh, standards and certifications of choice or you know standards and certs that are recognized in the ITAD industry uh, as compared to the recycling industry. So R2 is the big globally-recognized standard for for both e-waste recycling and IT asset disposition. And there's obviously a, a bigger focus, maybe not bigger, but there's a big focus on uh, data security in the IT asset disposition space. So in North America, the predominant certification um, comes from an or- organization called NAID, the National, in- National Association for Information Destruction. And they have memberships so if you're in the space you can you know pay some money demonstrate that you have some infrastructure that is used to either sanitize or physically destroy hard drives and you can become a member or you can go the next uh, you know go go the extra mile and get their NAID AAA their AAA certification that proves that you comply to very very stringent standards um with respect to handling data data bearing devices erasing and destroying data bearing devices in other parts of the world, they have similar certification bodies. In Europe, there's a very well-regarded one called Adisa. Um, not as prevalent in North America. You don't hear about it, but when we're dealing with uh, organizations um, with offices, headquarters, or or ITAD partners overseas, they often ask about Adisa. And we say, we don't do Adisa. We have an AAA, It's very similar. Um, very, very, very... Security focused, uh, data security focused on the ITAD side. Slightly less so the environmental impact, which is you know often pushed to the e waste recycling side of things. But they are inextricably tied and connected, and it's very difficult to not difficult. I I, I never recommend looking at either one in isolation. They're they're always part and parcel because you can't reuse everything and you shouldn't recycle everything. You should reuse something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's
2: really well said. The the whole thing about considering your IT disposition, not in a vacuum that you really look at it holistically with, you know, as part of your refresh cycle.
0: Right. So we've, we talked a little bit about data security and I'm sure for a lot of business leaders, they're thinking a lot about data security, especially from laptops and computers and phones can you walk us through what happens? How do we look at that in terms of quantum? How does, it, how does a, a business leader know that their data is wiped?
1: Yeah, it's, um, we answer this question every day for all of our customers. Devices come in and we go through a you know, multi-step process. We receive, we receive lots in bulk, then we sort them and we separate them by category. Laptops go here, desktops go here, smartphones go here, tablets go here, printers go here, monitors and TVs go there. All of those, all of those device categories have the potential to have data on those devices. Depending on the uh, age and condition of the devices, they go through a data security process. That data security process may be erasing or sanitizing. We hook the device up to a server. Which has um, software that is specifically designed to uh, wipe the devices. Uh, it, it does not sting. factory reset. It's not a factory reset. There are devices where the only way to to restore to remove data is factory reset. But that's uh, it's it's part of the same conversation. But it's uh, you know less I'd say less prevalent now as as the industry has gotten more sophisticated. Um, If the devices are old or the data can't be wiped for whatever reason, we shred the hard drives. We remove them, we shred them, or the entire device, if it's deemed not reusable, will go to an end of life recycling process. The whole thing will get torn down and separated into plastic, metal, circuit board, hard drive. Hard drives will then get shredded before they go to a smelter for precious metal recovery. As part of the ITAD process and part of the ITAD data security process, we provide certificates of data destruction or data security certificates, which is just an item by item, line by line list of the make model serial number, every device we've handled and how we've eradicated the data, either digitally, erasure, or sanitization, or physically by destroying it.
0: And so if a company sends all of their products to directly to recycling for shredding, they get one of those certificates.
1: So they, they may, if that's the. If that's part of the scope of work that they've, that they've organized with the end of life recycler, or they may just get a bulk destruction certificate saying your entire load of equipment went through a uh, recycling and destruction process and any data bearing device would have been destroyed within that process. But they may or may not, again, depending on the scope, receive that line by line um, certification. In the ITAD side of the world, on the ITAD side of the world, we always do the line-by-line.
2: Yeah, Yeah, in ITAD, they don't really do bulk destruction. But obviously, in recycling, when we're talking about, I mean, uh, Quantum does over 100 million pounds of scrap recycling every year. So to give you an idea, you know, for us to capture the serial number of every hard drive that comes through our building would be, Uh, uh, wouldn't be impossible. It's just our customers are not interested in paying for that because at the end of the day, they're sending us really old stuff, really obsolete stuff. Um, or we're just picking up the, uh, the overflow from, uh, from our various ITAT facilities. I wanted to circle back to what Mark was saying around, you know, the steps of securing and managing data, you know, as Mark was describing are quite complex. I think. To, to put a fine point on why it's important that that work be done at a facility with the proper standards such as an AAA, you can see that there's many, many touch points in the handling of, of that equipment, many different, you know, frankly, opportunities for things to go awry. And I think the, the difference in an AAA certified facility versus one that isn't is the cameras, the security system, the fact that every single employee that works in the building has a criminal background check performed against them. Um, you know, the fact that access controls that exist throughout, the, the software that exists to to, to to manage, those are all the things that are absolutely in place at an AAA facility where someone else can wipe drives, but if they're doing it in their garage, it's not secure. It's just not.
0: It's just not, yeah. Yeah. Now, you would mentioned something, Mark, before about not everything should be recycled, Clayton, what should not be recycled? What can and cannot? I think we circled to another question yeah, earlier. Yeah.
2: So I think, um, yeah, thanks for bringing us back there. I think at the end of the day, there's, um, um, you know, Mark's already spoken to it a little bit, this idea of a hierarchy of assets. I mean, to reuse something is not free in and of itself, i.e. there's labor that needs to be applied to that product. So, you know, if you need to apply $20 worth of labor to an asset that at the end of the day is only worth $25, chances are that's a device that's going to get recycled versus reused, even if technically it could be reused. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but within there there's uh, there's component harvesting so it's possible that that device that we can't resell as a whole device for $20 maybe there's a $10 component in there that's quite easy for us to pull that we can then turn around and put into a new device um or or sell to to a company that that specializes in those particular uh that particular class of asset um i think there there's when you get hard drives that are getting to be too old um, i.e., something that's less, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think anything less than 500, uh, gigs is probably considered too small at this stage and maybe even one terabyte. Um, you know, I do remember a time when we used to reuse 64 gig hard drives. Those were quite big. Um, you know, it's kind of funny in, in, in you know, in hindsight. But, um, but so yeah, we're not going to be trying to reuse, uh, hard drive devices, uh, you know, of, of that vintage. Um, you know, Things with lots of moving parts, they tend to be more candidates for recycling versus reuse. But it's an, it's, it's an evolving and changing conversation on the recycling side of the business. I mean, I've been recycling electronics for over two decades. I spent the first half of my career telling everybody that we should destroy everything because that was the only way to ensure your data was secure. Um, quite frankly, it was because that was the only way we knew how to ensure that their data was going to be secure. I think as we've be, become more sophisticated and as the industry has become more sophisticated and quite frankly, as consumers have become more, more sophisticated, they're not asking for us to recycle anymore. They're asking us to dispose of whatever that may mean. And in their minds, increasingly, they expect us to consider the reuse possibilities before we consider the recycling possibilities. And wherever it makes sense for us to do that economically and environmentally and the fine balance between the two, we're going to try and maximize that reuse opportunity.
0: So as we wrap up this conversation, what is one piece of advice you would give to those folks working in the businesses that have equipment in terms of reuse and recycling? Clayton, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's very important to, and, and we've spoken on it already, to look at the disposition process holistically. Um, it's around this idea of you are disposing of IT assets. You're not disposing of computers and scrap. So think about it you know, in the, under the broader umbrella, um, uh, make those decisions quickly. Um, ideally have your vendor engaged before you've started the refresh cycle so that, uh, because you know, the, the device that's sitting under your desk, oh, it's only going to be there for a week. can quickly turn into two years, can quickly turn into another five years in a server room. And then, you know, all the, all the potential around that equipment, uh, is gone. Uh, so I would say act quickly, um, think holistically, uh, and ultimately standards
1: matter.
0: Okay, Cooper.
1: You know, I often I often give this little spiel about the three pillars of ITAD: uh, environmental sustainability, environmental stewardship, doing what's what's right for the planet. That's pillar one. Pillar two is data security, brand protection, security in general, and pillar three is value. So either affordable services or competitive returns based on the value of the assets you are uh, disposing of. I always encourage organizations to take all three into account when they're determining what to do with their old stuff. Oftentimes we see organizations that it's purely value-based and they're not even, they don't even think about the data security element that can be a miss. Of course, if they use us or another certified recycler, they can, they can be comfortable that their data will be protected. But many times it's the fly-by-nighters or the guy with the pickup truck that will offer max value because they're just going to do um, what's easiest. They're going to make a quick buck and they're going to throw the rest of the stuff literally in the garbage. Um, you can't look at any one of the three pillars in a vacuum. You have to look at them all together, make a holistic decision based on value security and environmental um, and get buy-in from different areas of your of your organization before you proceed with any disposal project.
0: That is great advice from both of you. So thank you. So think about it holistically and, and that's sustainable in terms of environment, social and uh, security minded. Thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having
1: us. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. Join us to learn about carbon credits in the next episode. And remember, head over to quantumlifecycle.com slash podcast, or follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. This is a Quantum Lifecycle podcast, and the producers are Sandra Trivedi and Faiza Govani. We'll see you next time.